0: All right, well, why don't we go ahead and get started? There's st- we'll only go through a couple questions and there's, a, there's an extra credit question at the end. As I like to say, anybody can win. All right. And Nate's going to BMT meeting with Dr. Okay. okay. All right, very and good. And he says it's his fault because he told people it was on the 19th. <laughs>
1: <It's> the 19th. <laughs> no worries. I
0: did, yeah, I did text everybody to schedule yesterday, So, but no, but no problem, I mean, I know it's the very first of our inaugural spring season. All right, so without further ado, these are historical facets of infectious disease dating from 600 BC to 1900. There's a separate lecture that I give that's a 20th century, actually early 20th century and late 20th century, similar thing. So it's important for us to be familiar with the history of infectious disease, has a lot of bearing on what we do today, and an understanding of of, uh, the history of infectious disease is important. So, I will go to a question, and then I'll expect you all to hold up an answer, and if you win, you get a point, and a point is a, uh, is a chocolate, yeah. and at the end, <laughs> the person with the most points wins. All right, let's go to question number one. You
1: can't
0: eat them. And please don't eat your uh, points, uh, before because then, then they will be subtracted from your total, until after the competition is over. All right. Hippocrates, recognized as the father of Western medicine, was born in what year? Was it A, 460 BC, B, 377 BC, C, 1157 BC, or D, 600 BC? And I should mention that this lecture is based upon this book, which I received as a medical student, called Dates in Infectious Diseases, A Chronological Record of Progress in Infectious Diseases Over the Last Millennium. I don't know if it's still in print, but it's uh, it's my uh, Bible of dates and infectious disease. So hold up your answer. Which of these is your choice? I see D, C, and that's a D, right? D, C, and D. Let's see what our answer is. Unfortunately, the answer is A. So um, Hippocrates, as you know, was a Greek physician. He was the first person to believe that diseases were caused naturally, not because of superstition. He first characterized um, a disorder of the fingers. He is said to have characterized disorder of the fingertips. Which disorder of the fingertips? Was, clubbing. Clubbing. He first elaborated on the chronicity of diseases and on the idea of a prognosis. And what important oath is named after him?
2: The Hippocratic the Oath. The
0: Hippocratic Oath, exactly. So this is the Hippocratic Oath. Uh, 98% of American medical students swear to it, versus 50% of British American, huh. oh. British uh, medical students. Why the difference? I have no idea, but uh, there it is nonetheless. And um, of course, uh, an essential part of um, uh, of uh, the Hippocratic Oath is always said to be to do no harm. I will give no deadly medicine to anyone if asked, nor suggest any such counsel. And similarly, I will not give a woman of pestery to cause an abortion, but I will preserve the purity of my life and my arts. This is uh, as reported in uh, Wikipedia. Um, How many people took the Hippocratic Oath? Everybody did too, so it's pretty, 98%. All right, let's move on to question number two, see if somebody can get some points on the board. What great plague reached Rome in 166 AD? Um, I think that's actually 165, killing the emperor Marcus Aurelius and spreading throughout the empire killing 47 million people in Europe and resulting in the fall of the Roman Empire. Is it Justinian plague, plague of Galen, Antonine plague, Black Death or B and C. Write down your answers. Let's start. I'm going to put some sound effects on this to make it more exciting. So <laughs> All right, I see an A, I see a D, and I see a B. Okay. Uh, So A, A, D, and B. All right. What's the correct answer? The correct answer is actually B and C. This is a trick question. The plague of Galen and the Antonine plague are synonyms. So the the Antonine plague, uh, named also after Galen, the name of the Greek physician living in Ro- in the Roman Empire, described it. It was an ancient plague um, brought by the brought um, back to the Roman Empire by troops returning from campaigns in the Near East, um, and. Uh, it is said to as it suggests here uh, kill um, uh, many millions of people and result in the fall of the Roman Empire. So this is from Wikipedia you can find this in an article entitled uh, uh, Plagues and you can see that the Antonine Plague affected some 5 million people in Europe, Western Asia, Northern Africa. Um, not really known Uh, exactly what the cause is. Symptoms similar to smallpox could have also been due to measles. Um, As for the other plagues, you have the Justinian Plague of uh, uh, AD 541 to 542, thought to be due to Yersinia pestis, and um, uh, other plagues including the Plague of Athens uh, from Greece in uh, ancient uh, 429-426 BC, possibly by typhus. One thing you would notice from this uh, list of pre-1500 plagues, most plagues were due to plague, you know, Yersinia pestis in other words, um, and uh, um, this factoid here, one of the first ancient pandemics of modern history thought to be have been caused by either smallpox or measles. So, remember your plagues, and remember that uh, most plagues are due to Yersinia pestis, but the uh, and the Antonine plague was thought to be either due to smallpox or measles, also known as the plague of Galen. All right, let's move on. So, nobody on the board yet. I, I, these questions are harder than than, uh, than I thought.
1: That is That's right. <laughs>
0: All right, question number three. Are we good? Okay, come on in. Yeah. Um, how is malaria and yellow fever said to have spread to the Americas? Was it A, Spanish settlers, B, agricultural trade, C, mosquito migration, D, African slave trade, or E, malaria and yellow fever were always endemic to the Americas? All right, hold up your answers. I see uh, Carlos is still deciding. <laughs> All right, I see. Everybody's saying D, African slave trade. And our answer is yes. Congratulations! Everybody gets points, so we're all on the board. There you go, Dr. Figueroa. this <laughs> image of these
2: poor people protection?
0: Yes. Um, uh oh. <laughs> I'll I'll give you you credit
1: um,
0: for this time, for this time. So the term malaria, of course, was coined from the Italian malaria, meaning bad air. And and so yes, it is true, um, malaria and yellow fever spread to the Americas via African slave trade. All right, so let's go to question number four since we're on the board now. In 1520, Spanish captain Panfilo de Narvaez landed in Mexico near Veracruz. A disease in an African slave who was a member of his party breaks out and begins to spread through Mexico, Central America and South America, ultimately killing roughly half the Native American population of those areas. The disease was, was it A, tuberculosis, B, plague, C, cholera, D, smallpox or E, varicella? All right, let's see what your answers are. I see a C. B and D. So we're saying uh, cholera, uh, plague, or smallpox?
2: Wait.
0: <laughs> let's see what our answer is. Dr. Baguero, do you want double, to chime
2: in? Plague.
0: plague, okay. Our answer is? Smallpox. Oh
2: my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it once I died. Once I
0: died. <laughs> All right. So who got it? Anybody? Congratulations, yeah. Shaila. There you go. you up to there two points. Him. And uh, so, measles and smallpox wiped out uh, 95% of Native South Americans. When Cortez took over Mexico City in 1550, 1,000 Aztecs per day were dying. So the effects of these uh, uh, diseases can't be... Overemphasized uh, uh, to Native pop- populations when, uh, uh, due to uh, uh, slave and other migration to the Americas. All right, let's move on here. Um, question number five. And um, in 1639, Juan de Lugo, a Jesuit theologian, introduced a bark of a certain tree as a treatment for a mosquito-borne illness. What was the tree called? Was it cola? camphor, sassafras, cinchona, or cascara? I see D. D okay. and e. e. D, okay. All right, let's see what the answer is. So, um, so cola, what does that produce? Cola? cola? <laughs> <laughs> camphor, camphor produces what? <laughs> like menthol, right? Yeah. Sort of menthol. Sassafras, I think that was a drink in like the 19th century The people liked. Sassafras it was like some sort of a tea. And cascara is what they put in laxatives, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. So the correct answer is cinchona, yeah. right? Congratulations. Yes. I think. Yes. yes. Uh, who else? Who oh, cool. Dr. Piguero, there you go. Congratulations. <laughs> I all right so did would Carlos also get it okay I'm so sorry there you go all right so um, so cinchona uh, was the correct answer but um, what was the illness was it a yellow fever B malaria C dengue four West Nile virus or e chikungunya so which disease Yes. Which disease was the? Yeah. What was the? What was the illness? So I see A. Yellow fever. You guys still thinking? Is it B? B. Are you choosing B? I see a B. A B B A. So it's like the musical group ABBA. I love it. All right. So. Um, you, they have a museum in Sweden I went to. It's very good if you, if you like ABBA. Um, let's see what the correct answer is. The correct answer is B, malaria. Yay! Congratulations to both Woohoo! of you. There you go. Woohoo! Congratulations, Dr. Figaro. Woohoo! So, cinchona. The, and So, early recipients of the cinchona bark, an early treatment for malaria, experienced flushed and sweaty skin, ringing of the ears, blurred vision, impaired hearing, confusion, Headache, rashes, and dizziness related to cinchona's active ingredient found in tonic water. So, for extra credit, who can name what this is first?
2: What is what is what's the the the
0: active ingredient in tonic water that is the the uh, quinine? Quinine. Congratulations. All (laughs) right, come on in. (laughs) So we're playing. Important historical dates and in infectious diseases. Okay. And uh, would you, would you give Dr. Paul? Uh, yeah. So go ahead and put uh, A, B, C, D, and E on your on your uh, uh, paper, and then hold it up for your answer. And if you win, if you win, you will get. Uh, we have a special guest today, Dr. Vega, the uh, distinguished <laughs> thank you, thank you. Dr. Piguero. Yes. All right.
2: By so the, way, the, the reason why a kidney doctor may know that oh, is so because Opionine so. is extremely effective for cramps. <laughs> to to yes. And about uh, 15 years ago, the FDA decided that I, I no, 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 oh. because they use hemolysis in one 14,000. Yeah. and cramps never killed. But, but it is it don't so don't don't it's so good then so so many of the kidney doctors started to say, okay, you can take this kind of quinine water or something. I've heard of
0: people taking quinine water for medicinal purposes. Like sometimes they'll say, I'll just take a tonic water because my stomach's upset or something. So I don't know.
2: Uh, I, I, do. I do. I have that. Yeah.
0: So, yes. So tonic water is not just for your beverages anymore. It's, you, know, you can use it for that purpose if you, if you like. All right. Let's move on. So before we get to this question, though, let's uh, reassess. I believe our leader is Shyla. She has five points.
2: Well, I, I, I'm eating. I'm eating. As i, as I, as I <laughs> Anybody? I got three. I
0: got
1: three.
0: Anybody have three? Dr. Pagero has three.
2: <laughs>
0: and congratulations. Uh, and so, and but remember, at this point, anybody can win because we have extra credit questions at the end. All right, let's move forward. Question number seven. What year did Anton Leeuwenhoek, the Dutch uh, 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 scientist, first observe animalcules from pond water, human saliva, and semen, and describe the shapes of bacilli, cocci, and other microorganisms? So, is it uh, A, 1683, B, 1679, C, 1661, D seventeen oh one, E seventeen oh six. Are there any history majors in the audience? Because uh, you will be disqualified. Oh, I didn't think so. All right. So <laughs> these questions separate the wheat from the chaff, as the expression goes. All right. So we we have D, C, C, D, and Dr. Piguero goes for E. No B. B. No, B. B. Okay, B isn't boy. All right, now hold them up, so, because I, uh, you know, in my excitement, I don't always see who's correct. So, all right, so the correct answer is? A, hey, 1683, nobody got it, right? Nobody got it. 1683, yes, a little earlier than uh, most would have predicted. an obvious choice. So, uh, again, extra credit quest- question, first person who shouts it out for his efforts at the early identification of microorganisms Win Hook is known as the father of what?
1: Microbiology.
0: I'm going to give that to both of you because you both.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe it's just my hearing is bad, and I only heard them because they're right next to here. So congratulations. All right, good, good job. So it's true that he's the known as the father of microbiology. Exactly. The sound waves take a millisecond longer to travel from the back of the room. So Dr. Vega, if you really wanna be in contention, you gotta be in close physical proximity. All right, so question number eight. Born in 1706, an American statesman and founding father was perhaps the leading early advocate for vaccinations in the US, particularly for the viral exanthem shown here. Is this A, mumps, B, varicella, C, variola, D, cowpox? So what is this disorder that you see in the young lady here? Globular, yellowish pustules form from the enlarging umbilicated vesicles. So look at them very carefully, notice what they look like, what stages of evolution they are, where they are starting out, and that will give you clues as to what this is. So is it A, B, C, or D? I see a B, D, A, and C. A and C, okay. Dr. Vega, anything you want to say? No. <laughs> All right. Let's look at the answer. Is C? Congratulations to Dr. Figueroa.
1: <laughs> 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 he does it. Well. That's right.
0: So variola is smallpox, right? Uh, so that's what. I knew. That's what uh, I knew. Yes. That is smallpox. So there is, as a matter of fact, there is a a term describing the vesicles, or actually immunization, I believe, associated with the term variolation. Somebody look that up and and tell us what that means. But um, yeah, this is smallpox. Now, how is this different from, uh, let's say, um, uh, zoster? So zoster would be not in the same stage of evolution, right? It'd be different stages of evolution. Smallpox versus zoster. Oh, they all, look exactly all right, so now turning this 90 degrees. Um, so who was that state statesman and founding father who's the leading early advocate for vaccinations in the U.S., particularly for smallpox? Was it A, Jefferson, B, Washington, C, Samuel Adams, D, Benjamin Franklin, or E, Paul Revere? So who, who was a leading early advocate for vaccinations in the US, born in
2: 1706. I'll
0: go with D. With D, okay. So I see A, D, C, D, and D. All right, so Thomas Jefferson, of course, American statesman, uh, second president of the US, right? Do I have that correct? No, third, he was third, right? It was Washington, Adams, and Jefferson. George Washington, first president of the US, founding father. Samuel Adams. He made beer. He made beer. That's what I was <laughs> going to say. <laughs> 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 beer, <laughs> if you know was a about Sam Adams. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: my understanding was he was a New England patriot, and they named yeah, they, the beer after him because he was in, uh, Boston, about yeah about but Sam was Adams about exactly a right, not just the brewery. And Paul Revere, the Midnight Ride of Paul Revere. We all remember that. The correct answer is Benjamin Franklin. Yay. Hold him up if you got it. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, it.
0: Uh, um, Congratulations. Dr. Baguero, you guessed it too as well, right? So. yes. All right, so let's take a look and see who's, if anyone's <laughs> run away with it. So how many people have seven? Well,
2: I got five, but I ate uh, one.
0: Uh, Dr. Baguero has five, anybody have six? Now, so we have some early leaders, but there's still, everybody's still in it, literally. All right. I don't know
2: what I would do with you, man. I need to watch out for your
1: competition.
0: (laughs) So let's go to our question number 10. Or actually, let's talk about uh, uh, Ben Franklin for a second. Um, Franklin sought to cultivate his character by a plan of 13 virtues which he developed at age 20, and continued to practice in some form for the rest of his life. So these are his 13 virtues, maybe we can learn from them. Temperance, eat not to dullness, drink not to elevation. A little questionable about that, he was a-
1: Some Adams did not say that.
0: He was, a, he was a kind of a you know, heavyset guy. Uh, silence, speak not what may benefit others or yourself, avoid trifling conversation. Order, let, your, let all your things have their places resolution, frugality, industry, sincerity, justice, moderation, cleanliness, tranquility, chastity, and last of all, humility. So I think, you know, I think we can take something from from these.
2: In his album, he decided that each one of the people will tackled one by one, yes. not all at once. And then he spent some time with each one until he say, okay, and then he moved to the
0: that is, that's very interesting because then he would have tackled temper, uh, temperance first and humility last. Well, you know, when you're a founding father, you can't always be humble. So, <laughs> maybe that's it.
1: All right. So, let's move on
0: here to, all right. So, question number 10. This English noblewoman introduced variolation or small, smallpox vaccination. That, that's where variolation, so that was smallpox vaccination to England in 1721. Lady <laughs> Was it uh, Lady Lady Windermere? Lady Godiva? Lady Montagu or Lady Gaga? So, hold up your answers. All right, the suspense is mounting. Um, so we have C, 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 C and C. Everybody's going for Lady Montagu. Oh my god. Wow. Everybody gets accessing- So, yeah. it's a all or not. Everybody's going to get <laughs> <laughs> three, four, five, right. all right let's see what the correct answer is it's lady gaga no, no it's not i i would have. lady as we know lady gaga is not british so i'm gonna cross that one out She's Italian, right? other than yes. that it's lady montagu congratulations hey. i'm gonna switch over to the uh yes. yeah one two
1: three, four, five, six, seven. I'm gonna All
0: right, so if you're, yeah, if you're out of contention and you want to, you know, you got to keep your points, but pass them down. There should be seven there. All right, so let's talk about, before we get to Lady Gaga. So Lady Mary Wortley Montagu defied convention, most memorably, by introducing smallpox inoculation to Western medicine after witnessing it during her travels and stay in the Ottoman Empire. In the Ottoman Empire, she visited the women in their segregated... uh, it's called uh, Zenanas, Making Friends and Learning About Turkish Customs. There she witnessed the practice of inoculation against smallpox, which she called engrafting, and wrote home about it in a number of her letters. Um, she brought it back to um, Britain and um, it, there was a lot of resistance because they th- saw it as an Eastern practice and people in the West didn't want to adopt it. So. Finally, it took hold, and other means of vaccination soon followed. And before my battery dies here with, for me, let me just plug it in, because it's giving me a low battery warning. So, all right. Don't wanna lose my photo here. So that was uh, Lady Montagu, and congratulations to all of you who got it. Now, what about Lady Gaga? We all know that Golden Globe winner yes,
1: yes. Lady
0: Gaga is credited with her provocative stage shows, LGBT advocacy, fashion sense, and acting skills. Congratulations, to Lady Gaga. We should not omit her contributions as well. All right, so let's move on here. Variolation, an inoculation technique that originated in Turkey fell out of favor for smallpox. <laughs> When a far safer technique utilizing cowpox was perfected by what English physician and scientist in 1796? Was it Zabdiel Boylston, Benjamin Martin, Edward Jenner, or Caitlin Jenner? All right. Uh, who is it? Uh, hold up your uh, answers. Anybody say Caitlin? You know she is very talented and she's very athletic as well. So. Um, So B, C, B, C, C, and B. So it looks like it's a mix between Benjamin Martin and Edward Jenner. All right, so let's see what the answer is. Congratulations to those of you who picked. (laughs) You are, you
2: are So, all right, so hold them
0: up, hold them up if you are uh, so. Credited for congratulations there, Vidya. And then who else? Hold up your uh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Figuero. Anyone else? All right. All right. So just for talking about these others, uh, Zabdiel Boylston was the first conducted the first surgical operation by an American physician, and I believe there's a street named after him, a very famous street in Boston, Boylston Street. Anybody? That's where they run the Boston Marathon. Benjamin Martin was an English physician and was the first to hypothesize that M-tuberculosis was contagious. And as far as our remaining uh, uh, candidate, Edward Jenner is not related to the Kardashians or Caitlin Jenner, in case you were asking. So, uh, but those Kardashians, they're always in the news. All right, moving on here to question number 12. In 1767, this Scottish surgeon inoculated himself with pus from a patient with gonorrhea to prove that syphilis and gonorrhea were caused by the same agent. Unfortunately, the needle was also contaminated with syphilis, and so when he contracted both, he erroneously concluded that both were due to an identical pathogen, an erroneous belief that would not be proven wrong for 51 years. Imagine that scientific method there. I think the controls were off in that experiment. So who was this? Was this A, John Hunter? B, John Connor? C, Edward Donovan? Or D, Thomas Dimsdale So who, so I see a John Hunter. Okay, so I see A, hold up those answers. B, A, B, B, and D. <laughs> Doctor <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anybody? Okay. Uh, let me see those again. I want to see. It's a, D, okay. B. D. T. A. Wow. Kind of a mixed uh, group. So our our survey says no way. That's the wrong game. This is not. Uh, <clears throat> this is not a Family Feud. John Hunter. Hold it up. Hold up the. Hold them high if you got John Hunter. Congratulations Carlos. Uh, anyone else? get uh, Congratulations Dr. Baguero. <laughs> Dr. Baguero is coming up from behind. Yeah. Look at that. He's got 7 well, he's the one also
2: put <laughs> a, a, a graft in a, in a, in a rooster. That's he right. Oh. In rooster. I remember because he was a crazy guy by the time.
0: So John Hunter was a Scottish oh, yes. surgeon, one of the most distinguished scientists and surgeons of his day. He was an early advocate of careful observation and scientific method in medicine. He was a teacher and collaborator with Edward Jenner, a pioneer of, pioneer of the smallpox vaccine. His wife, uh, Anne Hunter, was a poet, some of, who, some of whose poems were set to music by Joseph Haydn, if those of you who are interested in classical music. Ooh. Edward Donovan was uh, an amateur zoolo- zoologist, and Thomas Dimmesdale. Describe the present method of smallpox vaccination.
1: Honey, I swear I auto inoculated inoculate STDs. <laughs> <laughs> so, that uh, completely uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I think it's some skepticism. auto
1: inoculation. What <laughs> <laughs> did John Connor do?
0: Okay, so who knows the history of John Connor? Anybody? Now, if I had answered this, que- asked this question ten years ago. You would have identified John Connor as the protagonist in the movie *The Terminator*. So John Connor. Some of you picked uh, fictional character John John Connor.
1: (laughs) Now. um, That name sounds familiar. (laughs) So John John Connor
0: was the um, the offspring of Linda Hamilton in the movie *Terminator 2: Judgment Day*. And if I ask this question next year. I might get a much higher response because in 2019, John Connor returns with Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator 6. Oh my so, and actually, uh, Linda Hamilton will reprise her role, and uh, so will Arnold. And two of the characters, uh, actually, they're going to use computer uh, animation to morph the young faces of Arnold Schwarzenegger and John Connor from Terminator 2 on to new actors. Wow. They can do that now. Um, wow. Those of you yes. who... Uh, Sucks for those new
1: actors.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. As a <laughs> matter of fact,
2: <laughs> in,
0: the, um, in the movie uh, Captain Marvel, anybody gonna see Captain Marvel when it comes out? A young, a young Samuel Jackson is gonna be morphed onto uh, somebody else's body. So it's, he's gonna play himself as a younger individual. So they're doing all of these weird things with movies these days. All right, so let's move on here. In 1819, one of the most iconic instruments of the modern age of medicine was invented by René Linek. René Linek. Is this instrument, A, medical x-rays, B, the reflex hammer, C, the retractor, D, the stethoscope, or E, the fidget spinner? So, I bet some of you didn't know that the fidget spinner was invented by Renee Linek. No. Well, we don't know that yet. It could be. All right. So, let's see what everybody entered. We have D, 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 and D. So, everybody seems to think that the stethoscope was invented by Renee Linek. All right. So, let's see if you're correct. Congratulations. Everybody got it. hand out those points everybody. everybody let's see one two three four five six go ahead and pass those down
2: Juhi, thank you
0: that's right and i have to say dr baguero is close in second place there i am very impressed just walking off this off the uh, out of the hallway and he's just uh
2: flying high that's he's flying
0: high so um so again, uh, the correct answer is Ray Lanak. And actually there is no clear inventor of the modern day fidget spinner. So enjoy those spinners if you'd like. They're available everywhere. I got mine at Walgreens. I use it frequently. And, um, but no one, nobody can claim credit. This was from uh, snoops.com, my favorite go-to source for urban legends. I've done <laughs> other presentations on snoops. <laughs> All right. So, question number fourteen: In 1847, this Hungarian obstetrician demonstrated that mortality due to puerperal fever could be reduced from 18 to 2 percent if doctors washed their hands. Who was this fellow? Was he Hans Buchner, Niall Filatov, Carl W. Boke, Ignaz Semmelweis, or Eli Metchnikoff? Eli Metchnikoff. So who? Among these names is this individual who demonstrated that washing your hands was very important. Okay. I see a C, D, C, C, A, and D. So kind of a mixed, uh, everybody's kind of uh, picking their choice. Um, How many people said uh, C? Sorry, that's incorrect. The correct answer is D. Hold them up if you got D. Congratulations. Congratulations. Oh, this could be game-changing. Shiloh, yeah, yeah. pulling ahead. Yeah. Look at that. that. Wow. I'll you
2: Look at, at so that. That's in I Ignaz
0: Samuel Weiss, who demonstrated that you need to wash your hands mm-hmm. when you're doing a procedure. So, let's move on. Again, the last question is worth five points. John Snow. The British surgeon and early epidemiologist removed the pump handle from the Broad Street drinking water pump in London, averting the spread of cholera in what year? So what year did he demonstrate the idea of a common source outbreak? A common source outbreak. All right, so I see A, 1851. So I see A, and more As, E, D, and C. So again, mixed, anybody with B? Anybody want to pick 1852? No? and uh video do you are you you're are you holding off on your voting all right she's refraining she's refraining you're you're uh you're passing officially okay so i see a a c c e d all right um how many people said uh e how many people said e one person said e let's see what the answer is it's c congratulations
1: Who said C? Hold up, C. Congratulations, Harold. Good job.
0: All right.
1: reaction
0: it. So this is uh, John Snow, of course, and this is a classic uh, example of how using infection control techniques to determine a common source outbreak and solve a a disease outbreak, classic in the history of uh, infectious disease literature. Now, how many have, has anyone been to the square where this uh, pump uh, is located? Um, this you can find this on Wikipedia. It's common on the internet. This is um, not the actual pump; it is a monument. And when I went there uh, ten or eleven years ago, I wanted to get a good picture of it personally. And first of all, I don't know how they got this photo because that square was as crowded as Times Square. I mean, there's so many people there, you, can't, you can barely see the, the, the um, drinking house in the back, which is actually where the pump was located, and there was a guy leaning his bicycle up against this monument, and I felt really bad because I specifically went there to take a picture of the pump, and I was unable to. Uh, I had to wait around even 15 minutes and the guy kept his bike there. So, if you're ever there, please don't use this as a, a, a bike, bicycle rack. It is a sacred part of the infectious disease literature. And if you go back to the, the public house in the back the and you look for the, the pump, the pump is no longer there. So, oh, wow. but, but the, does anybody know what the drinking house is called in the back? Uh, what what that? South. It's called the John, John Snow, Snow Pub. Yeah. Exactly, very good. All right. Actually, I think that deserves a- oh, that yay. Congratulations. Yay. All right. Okay, so we're getting close to the end here. So the winner of today's competition will soon be revealed. Will it be Shiloh? Could it be Dr. Pagero? Could he pull it out from behind? Or could it be someone else? That's still possible. In, in 1863, French scientist Louis Pasteur invented a method for preserving foods through heating, appropriately called pasteurization. What other common term did he coin? Was it A, bugs? Was it B, viruses? Was it C, germs? Was it D, animalcules? Or was it E, acid fast? So what did uh, Louis Pasteur uh, popularize? I see a C, 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 B and D, so a lot of Cs for germs, some mm-hmm. animalcules. and Dr. Peguero, what did you decide? You were going for D, animalcules. very good. All right, so here, so Louis Pasteur there on the left, on the right, uh, milk jugs, and the idea of pasteurization. All right, now, did anybody hear about this recent um, uh, trend towards whole milk, where people actually go to farms they think that pasture, pasteurization um, affects the nutrients in milk, so people will actually get whole milk directly from a dairy and drink it. And they're very they're very resistant to pasteurization. Bad idea. Oh, Bad idea. <laughs> Raw milk. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. That, that is exactly correct. So try to try to avoid. Now these days people have a lot of options for their their milk choices. So um, so the correct answer is. Germs. Hold them up if you oh. got germs. Congratulations, <laughs> Vidya. This time you are our winner. Thank oh you. God. And then we oh have God. a couple other winners as well. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. All right, Shyla, as, uh, you are uh, continuing to pull ahead.
2: I'm gaining. All right. Historian in ID.
0: So Louis Pasteur popularized the term germs. So thank Louis Pasteur for this. All right. Question number seventeen. In 1860, we have 10 minutes. In 1865, Joseph Lister conducted the first operation utilizing antiseptic techniques, including the use of carbolic acid disinfectant. What has he reported to say just before his surgeries? A, let's let's uh, pray. B, Heavenly Father, bless this patient. C, retractor please. D, let us spray. E, that's one small spray for a man. One small spray for a man. So which of which of these did he say? I see an A. Let's pray. B. Heavenly Father, bless his patient. Uh, D. So let us spray. I see a B, a B, a, a B. Okay. Alright. So he is reported to say, Let us spray.
1: All right.
0: Get us. Here, So, people used to pray before surgeries in the. So, yes, instead of saying let's pray, let it us it. pray. Anyone else? Did I miss anyone else who got it? No, that's, that's just that. Congratulations. Dr. Figueroa. <laughs> let's see. Okay, so how many people have 10? Oh how many have 10 four, four, points? Five,
2: six, seven, eight, nine,
0: ten. All right, how many people have 12 points? Yes. Yes. All right, so Shyla is. <laughs> but again, Shyla is not the guaranteed oh, no. winner because we have an extra credit question at the end. All right. So he said, let us spray. So in Joseph Lister's honor for his contributions to antiseptic and infection control, this multiflagellated bacterial species was named after him. First person to yell out. Listeria All right. All right. That is hard. I couldn't tell. But I have to say, Shiloh went back and she did yell it out and she named Listeria monocytogenes. So in the, I'm sorry, Shiloh, I have to give it to you. I have oh to give it to you because oh. I just heard, I heard a blur and then I heard her yell it out. <laughs>
1: well, you said All right, all right, so
0: this was, uh, this was Listeria. So Listerine was cool because of John Lister. Listerine,
2: exactly, yes, that is true. No, I'm gonna give
0: him one, I'm gonna give him one. Congratulations, all right. All right, in 1882, so we're approaching, we're getting close to 1900, so you know our game is approaching its finality. In 1882, German bacteriologist Robert Koch identified the first bacterium attributable to human (laughs) disease. This bacterium was A, Vibrio cholera, B, Mycobacterium leprae, C, Mycobacterium tuberculosis, D, Salmonella typhi, E, Strep pneumonia. So which one was it? I see... uh, Couple of people agreeing. I see a lot of people clustering around C and D. So we think uh, uh, Salmonella or Mycobacterium tuberculosis. All right. How many people said D? If you said D, congratulate. No, I'm sorry. You The correct answer is C. Congratulations. All right. Hold up a C if you got a C. Congratulations. Anyone else, Dr. Figueroa? Yep. All right. There you go. Did you get it, Dr. Bega? I didn't. Oh, okay, participate. didn't participate, okay. All right, so the suspense is mouthing. Who will be our winner? All right, let's go on to question number 19. William Halstead, an American surgical pioneer and infection preventionist, introduced what standard medical device for surgery still in use today? Is it A, the surgical mask, B, surgical gown, C, surgical gloves, D, surgical sponge, or E, the beard guard. I I wish they would use that more at Chipotle. I'm sorry, I see far too many people without their beard guard on. And you know, you got the food laid out and it's not good. And plus, Chipotle, we all know, has had its issues. So please, Chipotle, sorry about this rant. (laughs) Beard guards, beard guards, okay? I don't want anything in my burrito that isn't all natural and meant to be there. All right, so let's see what uh, everyone's picked out. Um, I see C, A, B, C, A. So actually there's a lot, and I see a B too. So a lot out there. So the let's see what the correct answer is. Surgical mask would have been, you know, that was... Surgical gloves, Whee! hold them up if you guess. Hold up if you guess surgical gloves. All right, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. here, 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 here. There too. i found <laughs> over the years so many different things, Dr. Baguero, thank you. I've found so many things in my food at uh, different restaurants. Um, once I was, at a, uh, I was a, at a fancy schmancy restaurant on Newberry Street in Boston, we're talking a lot about Boston this this uh, talk, and someone put one of those uh, finger cots Aww. in my sandwich. Oh, gross. I actually found one of those. And when you're tasting that, it actually tastes kind of rubbery. So you look at, and also you look at this thing and you think it's something else, too, that's oh not God. not, oh not on you know, another part of the anatomy. Oh so it was horrible. Please don't go to this restaurant. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you which restaurant it is privately after it's the a, talk. A they use it when they're slicing uh, luncheon meat and stuff. It, it's, uh, it's a latex, it protects, it protects your, your finger, finger yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it ended up in my that's sandwich. Gross. Isn't that gross? Uh, sorry, so I'm sorry to share that with you in this presentation. All right, well we are at our finality here. We're at our extra point question. Um, before we are, let me just mention this factoid: Halsted was responsible for many other achievements, including Halsted's principles of hemostasis, the first modified radical mastectomy in the U.S., um, and the use of cocaine as an anesthetic. Unfortunately, he became addicted to cocaine and then morphine, and was dependent on these agents for the rest of his life. So,
2: also have a hernia repair. Yeah, the and the a hernia repair.
0: repair as well. So, uh, tightened, but he got kind of hooked up in in yeah, you know about that. What was the yeah. name
2: of that uh, series that have a, a one um, a surgeon um, uh, that actually get addicted that uh, was recently? Was that?
0: Oh no, you're no, talking, no, talking no. about you're talking about um, Dr. Death. Uh,
2: Dr. Death. The one, the podcast.
0: No, 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 Are you talking about the House? No, no, it's, no, it's a TV series. It
2: was the one that uh, was uh, dated in eighteen ninety to nineteen twenty uh, okay. something, the
0: early days of. Uh, now there's a two, two seasons or three seasons. Oh yeah, was it on uh, like Netflix or something or a network?
2: It's not it's unfortunately.
0: Anybody who gets that gets at least two points, if you can think of it, because I don't have no idea. All right, so this is our final question, our final finality, as I like to call it. Um, you have to pick out which of these events did not occur in 1900. So you can get up to five points here if you guess them correctly. So go ahead and write on your paper, since it's the last question, write all the letters that you think did not occur in 1900. Now I'm counting on your uh, professional honesty here, because, so give yourself, when we announce the answer, give yourself a plus based upon how many correct answers you get. So you have to pick which of these events did not, did and did not occur in 1900. So let's say, that you said uh, the correct A occurred in 1900, B did not, and you were correct about all those things, you could get up to five points. So you're gonna have to grade yourself. So you can put a Y and an N next to all of these if you want, um, and come up with a score that's anywhere from zero to five. Understand? All right. So which of these events did not occur in 1900? An American team led by Walter Reed discovered that yellow fever is transmitted by mosquitoes. Did that occur in 1900 or not? Belgian physiologist Jules-Jean Bourdais described complement a thermolabile component of serum. The average lifespan of an American citizen reached 47 years. Charles-Louis Laveran describes the genus of toxoplasmosis. Or E. Philip Drinker and Louis Shaw developed the iron lung for use in polio victims. So, I'll give you, you some time. You can
2: choose more
0: than one. Yeah, you can, if, in other words, um, you can choose, you can, you're, you can answer each. you're gonna answer you each about answer? whether it occurred or whether it did not occur in 1900. Okay. So you can have anywhere from zero to five points, which is why, Dr. Piguero, you may emerge as our winner.
2: I don't know. <laughs> This lady is doing some more
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so raise your hand when, when you are done with your answers. I'll give you a little bit more time. Okay, so I see two of you are ready so far. Three, okay, all right. I'll give you a few more moments. I'll give you 10 more seconds, so. 10, nine, eight, Seven. Six, five, four, three, two, one. All right. So, the correct answer is that all of these events, except for E, occurred in 1900. So, grade yourself and announce your total number of points. Five. Plus four.
2: Three. three. I got E on B.
0: Excellent, okay. E and B. E and B, so is that a plus two? I guess so. Oh, you said E and B occurred in 1900. That did not occur. Did not occur.
2: I mean, I had instead of only um, my E.
0: Okay, I believe that means that you got, I think you got three points then. Three points. Yeah, because you said A occurred in 1900, B.
2: Yeah.
0: And And those were right. C and D, yes. So you got uh, three points, right? Three Three points.
1: points,
0: three points, three points, you got four points, and two points. All right, so I believe that means Shyla is indeed our winner, congratulations, our champion. Yes, so all of these events, A through D, occurred in 1900, Philip Drinker and Louis Shaw developed the iron lung in 1928 at Children's Hospital in Boston. So that was the only thing that did not occur in 1900. So it makes you believe that in 1900, it makes you realize the average lifespan was under 50 years. Yours truly, Dr. Ayler, would not be here standing. I think Dr. Pagero and I are in that boat as well. And then um, there were advancements in 1900 in the area of, uh, uh, of mosquito-borne diseases, immunology, and bacteriology as well. So it was a, a pivotal year in uh, American medicine. So for more information, you can seek and look out this book, which is present in my office if you want to look at it, Dates and Infectious Disease, or look it up in your local library. So with that, Thank you all for playing, enjoy your points, and we'll see you next time.